Strangers in the night, exchanging glances, strangers in the night. You don't know that one? That's Frank Sinatra, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> so welcome back to the JC Toad Podcast. You didn't know where we were going. <laughs> Today again, of course, Travis Feaster from the Frank Sinatra Band. Oh my God, that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering why you had that grin on your face. Oh, that's the best podcast <laughs> intro ever. Uh, only if it's only used once ever. <laughs> and by once, I mean never. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I can hear the hate comments coming in uh, now. <laughs> but the thing, you know what's great about that is I don't get them, only you, because... You know what I mean? I guess well, it's be, only email. Truth right? be told, the podcast listeners are really friendly. Yeah. There's a lot of good comments, except for Forgiving. like there's, there's a <laughs> there's a few <laughs> there's a few bad uh, iTunes reviews, but I think it's just people that don't like me in general. <laughs> so um, now YouTube comments, that's where you get like the uh, the anonymous trolls, right? You know, like it's it's a lot of energy to hate a podcast. Oh man! And then like get a fake email account just to email mm-hmm. just to email the podcast, right? You already got a fake YouTube account. Like that's easy <laughs> yeah. to just troll. There's a guy on the JHS video uh, this past week. I forget five ways to play guitar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a B C D was his name. Of course, and it of was. course, you know, of course, he's going to talk a bunch of crap about Josh, and then that turned into crap about me. And I'm like, real original name, bro. Was WXYZ taken or something <laughs> stupid, you know? But I mean, it's like, I'm like, you're anonymously trolling someone, right? Why, why don't it you put so your much- why don't you put your real name out there? Right, exactly. <laughs> why don't you do a video? Let us see you. You know what I mean? So podcast listeners are actually they're actually really cool. So it's, and still, you like come to the shows and they're like, ah, I love I love the podcast. I listen every day. I'm oh, like, that's man, awesome. I can't imagine someone listening to me all the time. That's <laughs> my wife hates it. Right? <laughs> you know, I just now start. It's so funny. I, I never listened to podcasts. I never really knew what was going on with them until, you know, I started doing the, uh, the, the first chasing tone, you know, the original or whatever. Right. And, you know, basically you were like, Hey, have you ever done a podcast? I said, what's a podcast? <laughs> and then you described like us. Pod racing. So he said, you described, I said, Oh, so like sports talk radio. And you said, <laughs> yeah, just not about sports. But so still after all this time, the only podcast I ever listened to was just, I mean, you know, after I'd stopped doing them, I still listened to them, you know, the chasing tone ones. And, um, but I, I never really listened to them with much frequency on this new phone I have. So I called Brian this week and I said, <laughs> Brian, man, I understand podcasts are huge right now, but something that's really annoying the crap out of me about all these podcasters is they speed everything up because I don't know, maybe they need to make everything fit within an hour or something. Right. I don't know, but it's so fast. They talk so fast. I can't. And he goes, <laughs> Really, I've not noticed that. But did you know on your phone there's a way you can speed up the audio? Maybe yours is on like one and a half or something. Because <laughs> you were like, is this a thing with podcasts right now? Because all every podcast I've listened to is so fast. Stupid phone. 
<laughs> but thank you. Thank you for helping me out there because, I mean, it makes you want to do everything fast. You're listening to all these people talking about it real fast. Next thing you know, you're driving 90 miles an hour on the way to work. <laughs> talking like an auctioneer when you get home with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, Oh yeah. And then, um, and I was telling you that there's a, a, a couple, a couple podcast listeners that enjoy a cold brew and listening to us at half speed. They feel like, <laughs> they feel like they're hanging out with their drinking buddies. Cause like, I tell you what, man, this guitar. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that'd be interesting. I'm going to have to try that on the, some of the fantasy football podcasts I listen to. Fantasy football podcast. Absolutely. There's fantasy football podcast. Oh, there's, there's more fantasy football podcasts than there are of guitar pa- related podcasts. I guarantee it. Really? Oh man, yeah, dude. I mean, it's a it's a huge huge industry right now. I mean, I I play I, you know, I'm not trying to make it a fantasy football podcast, but I I win hundreds of dollars every Sunday. So you can actually make money on this fantasy football podcast thing. I do it like the. Through FanDuel and DraftKings, I listen to them for advice. Those so are the pros. Need, They're the experts. There needs to be a business idea in there somewhere. How to translate? How to change that into like guitar gear? <laughs> right? You know, like uh, I don't like Fan- maybe- fantasy YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be the first person to get the the Pantheon? <laughs> Will it be Pete Thorne? <laughs> Will it be Andy? <laughs> you know, put in your bets, place your bets, bets, right. people. Exactly. But- How many times are they going to mention Tika Tone or Blues Breaker? <laughs> yeah. 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 There's got to be some sort of site where a guy yeah. can make some, make some legal money gambling right? on some stuff right. like that. Right. But, but no, there, yeah, there's all kinds of them, man. So. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a fan of that. See, yeah. I, I love the foosballs because I figured out I'm pretty decent at it. You know, at guessing what teams you're, I guess, I'm, I'm assuming you get, I, I don't know anything. Yeah, about sports, so basically the, sure. the way most of them work is you got to pick a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end and a defense. And you judge their matchups based off who they're playing and their possibility of scoring more points than another guy in that position. Then they give you fake numbers. Like they give you a $60,000 salary. And then every player across the league is, has a denomination and then with under that salary cap, you have to be able to put together a dream team. Whoever's dream team scores the most points. Real points though. Like whenever they play games on. No. Cause so like you get like, and you know, all of them are different, but like, let's say it's, if a quarterback runs 10 yards, it's, it's one point. If he passes for 20, it's one point. Uh, if it's a touchdown, it's six points. You know what I mean? If right. it's a 50 yard touchdown, it's the six points plus the bonus for the yards. Plus I'm you know hoping I mean? the software like, Oh actually- yeah, dude. Oh yeah. You don't keep track of it. Did people ever keep track of this by, by hand? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like yeah, oh, that sounds a nightmare. That's a nightmare. <laughs> a stat correction. I forgot to carry the one. <laughs> I would have won if I carried the one. <laughs> But no, it's it's a big industry. I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's ridiculous. Yeah, man. Maybe uh, there could be another one where you just take the the top charted songs on Spotify or whatever. Oh you know? yeah. Maybe just like which one is only going to have two chords this this mm-hmm. week? You know, which- or which one is going to only be on the charts for four days before the <laughs> next one? I don't know. Music. Which one's going to get 50 billion downloads <laughs> for three days? Yeah, which equals $30. Right. 
<laughs> I'm laughing because it's it's sad because I, I actually still get air quotes here royalty checks <laughs> from online distribution and sales and all that stuff. For- and you got thousands of downloads, thousands of, I mean, you know, from, yeah. it's a, is it Travis Feaster Band or is it WT Feaster? WT Feaster okay. and WT Feaster Band. But, you know, I, it, it's it's out there for what it's worth, but. I mean, to actually get the breakdown and the statement and see how much money you actually make per play, it's... You could afford, like, a bag of picks, right? No. I mean, it's fractions of a cent per play. Like, no joke. I mean, I could pull it up, I mean, through the distributor. It's 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 laughable. I mean, this... Yeah, whatever. That's a whole... That's a whole other thing. But that it... Here's the thing. It can really only get better at this point. And they are taking steps to make that better and, hmm. you know... All that good stuff. So, not not my not my battle anymore. <laughs> so you're not going to make any more music, you don't think? I am, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to record another record. I'm actually writing it right now. Then I need to do some research. If anybody knows this that's listening, please let me know. But I'm going to find out the bare minimum you have to charge somebody for it to still be reported as a sale. And then I'm going to charge that for it. Basically, I'd I'd give it away, but I want to be able to track sales in case it does well, and then I can keep mm-hmm. analytics and whatever from that. But whatever the bare minimum I have to charge somebody to buy it to be able to have it reported, that's what I'm going to charge for. Is it going to be on Spotify and Pandora and all that? Yeah, but you know, I'll, here's the thing though. I, I wish people would go to Spotify and listen to my stuff because then I do make a little bit of money. But at the same time, I'm going to do the same thing I do. I put it on my website, travisfeaster.com, and you can stream it all there for free. And then oh, if, really? Yeah. And then if you like it and you want to buy the song, you can download it there and a dollar goes straight to my PayPal. So oh, <laughs> you gotcha. know what I mean? So it's like, but if not, and you like using Bluetooth in your car and you want to stream it to your car, bottom line, I would rather my music be out there. And if money is the thing that's holding somebody back from listening to it, then you can have it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's it's music, it's art, it's you know. I would I would say that there's a lot of musicians that don't feel that way at all. In fact, I've seen a lot of people get not angry but very unhappy with the situation because at one time they were selling albums of some right. sort and making gigantic sums right. of money, and now that like you said. They're making yeah, 50, 100 bucks. The thing you have to realize now is it's the singles generation. It's not the album generation. Like I can remember listening to Led Zeppelin one all the way through and thinking of it as one piece of art. And that it's not that way. Now, right. I mean, my favorite artist right now, I mean, Leon Bridges and John Mayer. Leon Bridges does have an amazing record, which is an album. But like John Mayer, the last couple of things he's done, he's released singles. Because he gets it done, yeah, and throws yeah. it out, you yeah. know, and it, it, you know, he's he knows what's going on. Basically, he's like, it, it's the singles era. I'm gonna throw a single out, you know, right. because he understands where you're gonna make money is off your brand, off your marketing, off your shows, all that stuff. It's everything surrounding the actual music. Media. The music is almost like the content, the content marketing. Yes. And everything else involving that artist is media what they over make. music. Yeah. That's what it is. Huh. You know, what about vinyl? That is the only, well, as of last year, I haven't looked into it since, but as of last year, it was the only media that increased in sales over the previous year. Huh. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. So it's, I mean, cause it's really the only 
physical form that I mean, when's the last time you bought a CD, Brian? <laughs> a lot before right? before I got an iPod or right. an iPhone or whatever. See what I mean? Know. Yeah. The only time I Yeah, before I, I got an iPod. Yeah. yeah. The only time I ever, literally the only time I ever buy CDs is if I'm at a show and there's a band that has them. And to be honest with you, I don't care if I've only listened to 30 seconds or 30 minutes, I'm going to buy that band CD even if I don't like the music, even if the band's not talented, just because it's supporting that art, you right. know? So I get, I don't know. When I do record a record, I don't think I will get physical CDs. I'll probably get uh, probably a handful of vinyl pressed and I'll get the download cards. So you, so as like, you can get a smaller number of vinyl pressed. Yeah. Really? Yep. There's companies out there that will do like a hundred vinyl. Really? Yeah. It's expensive, obviously. Is it? Because like the, to actually press it, I'm, I'm sure it's kind of like, like I'm looking at it in like manufacturing. It, it's exactly make way. a mold. Yes. There's sort. a setup fee and then yeah. everything. And then, so, I mean, obviously the more you build, the more you buy, whatever, you right. know, in your industry or. So you your know. first hundred albums are like $85 a piece. <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean, basically if you sell them for 20 bucks, you're making three bucks a record. You know what I mean? So it's like you know, I, I forget, I'd have to go back and look at it. I sure. always went through disc makers, but, um, but yeah, I'm just going to do download cards, you know, That's what I should do with the chasing tone podcast. I should put it all on vinyl. Bam. That's a Bam. million vinyl dollar collection. idea right now. Vinyl collection. <laughs> <laughs> Make tens of dollars. <laughs> oh, but, man, yeah. I just went out on, on a tangent there on music. But no, my next record will be as cheap as possible because if you're in it, that takes all the pressure off of it for me. What if you just put the music out there and then like, then you focus on like shirt sales or. Well, see, and that's the thing, like, you know, and. Guitar, you need custom guitar picks. Boom. You know, signature pedal models. I know a company <laughs> know that does company. it. Yeah. You'd, you know what? If you made a Travis Feaster signature pedal. I'd be the only I, one that bought it. <laughs> you've got it. I do. You yeah, have, I have a, a Feaster, a Feaster, Feaster fuzz. fuzz. Yeah, it is called the Feaster Fuzz. <laughs> uh, I need to post a picture of that on my Instagram. I forgot about that. Yeah. Is that the, that's the velvet, right? Kind of. Is it, it? It no. It is. It, it's the it velvet is? fuzz, but there is a tolerance thing. We we modded it later. Do we? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. That. Um. I don't. I don't want to say anything bad about it, but the prototype. Cleans up a little bit better with the volume after we modded it. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> but in, when your volume's all the way up, it's the same, it's the same pedal, you huh. know, except for, no, I mean, yeah, it's the exact same pedal other than that. Because something broke in it is what it was. And then when we fixed it. We're just like, ah, let's put this. Right. Let's when I say we fixed it, I mean, you fixed it. I think you were just like, here, does this sound good? Yeah, man. Killer. <laughs> I still have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, that, I treasure that thing because it. You know, it's when I first – so funny story. I first started working for Brian in December of 2012. God, and making me feel old. <laughs> I know. Can you believe that, dude? December of 2012. It, unbelievable, right? So, you know, I thought I was going to be the guy that answered phones and emails and, you know, learned about the pedals. And then, you know, as the company started growing and, you know, you had a little more faith in me or whatever, you would – bring me out here, say, Hey man, I need your input on this or help me with a video or whatever. And, uh, 
we got out here and you were showing me how to build. How to flip a strat around my neck? <laughs> yeah, that was much later. I wasn't <laughs> ready for that. I was just a young pad one. But, <laughs> but you were showing me how to build a MXR Distortion Plus. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the breadboard. And then I was like, that sounds like a MXR Distortion Plus, right. you know? And you were like, well, yeah. And then somehow I, I convinced you to try to build me a fuzz that I had always heard in my head. And you were like, well, what do you mean? So you started getting all these other fuzzes. And I don't know if you have it, but it was like a blue fuzz or something like that, right? It's in the other room. Yeah. Is that yeah. what it was just called the blue at, fuzz, at the yeah. time, the blue yeah. fuzz? And I played that. I was like, man, that's really close. That's really good. And you're like, close. What's it missing? And we just sat there and worked and worked and worked at the breadboard. And it felt like 30 seconds, but it was probably 45 minutes later. You were like, okay, yeah, man, that actually does sound really, really good. And then you sent an email to a guy, uh, Justin, I believe, Justin. right? Mm -hmm. and, um, for us, yeah. and then you had the schematic attached to the email, and I was copied on it. And I remember thinking, I mean, keep in mind, this was before I knew anything about pedals, electronics, the industry. I was green as they come. And I remember thinking, oh, my God. I just went out to this dude's barn, which is much smaller scale than it is that everybody sees now. I went out to this guy's. That's right, because we added on to it. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Size. yeah. I went on to the. I went out to this guy's barn, and then like literally two hours later, this thing's gonna be shipped across the country in a prototype in the form of an actual stompable stomp box is gonna be here. <laughs> and I just remember thinking it was so cool. And then we went down to. Uh, to the manufacturing place where he had a manufactured mm -hmm. and they actually printed a box and they put my name on it, Feaster Fuzz. And I right. was like, dude, if I get fired tomorrow and I get to keep this, <laughs> this job is totally worth it. I got a custom Wampler pedal with my name on it. <laughs> How many people do that? I mean, Tom Quayle and I, Brad I, Paisley. I have, and I have one with my name on it. You have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, I mean, think of, no, the, company. Right. Think yeah. of the company I'm in. Brent, Brad, Tom. You know, there's others yeah. maybe. I was, I was thinking about those times last night, man, just about how weird of a time it was. Because you came in, right? I had moved from, I was working in my basement. We had mm -hmm. like a, you know, house and just a big open basement. So I put like some workbenches down there and tried to sound, quote unquote, soundproof it as much as I could, which didn't work very well. Um, and then we just kept growing. So I'm like, okay, we need to actually move this out of the house and, and into another house. Right. We, so we rented <laughs> a small little cheap house yep. in the middle of Martinsville that had a bad mouth infestation. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just put makeshift offices in there, went to Walmart, bought some desks. Yep. It's our first office. It was fun times though, man. Oh, it was, it was great. I remember, uh, I remember when I interviewed there, I sweat through my express men's shirt. So nervous. And I, but I got lost on the way because it was a house. I was looking for an office. I was like, right, that's I was right. like so I had to like literally go park at the YMCA and look at my phone and the directions be like, okay, I mean, it's that house. I, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> Knock on the door. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you know, to outsider looking in, it probably looks like, you know, I, I came in and it was an overnight success, but I mean, even because when I came in, I, I came in, like I said, December, 2012, and I hope I'm not giving out too much information here, but January of 13. So literally a month later, you're whisking me off the NAM. Right. Which NAM, and that was the NAM in which Guitar Center first started talking to you about doing the Sovereign. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, and back then you guys got to realize, I mean, 
internet presence was completely different. Social media right. presence was totally I mean, different. I mean, Wampler page had literally 6,000 follows on Facebook or right. likes back then. And now right. I, I don't even know how many it's got now. 90,000, I think. Yeah. Like so, that, I mean, yeah. it's something ridiculous, but so. And Instagram wasn't even there. It, it wasn't. wasn't yeah, what, no, wasn't a thing. it wasn't a thing. So like to get into guitar center at, at that time was like, Holy crap. Right. For them to want to do a like a signature exclusive pedal. Holy crap. There wasn't you know what I mean? It was just the right time. They had the right guy in place, a guy named Barry. Mm-hmm. I remember Barry. Barry was really big into like boutique gear. Yeah. He loved high-end gear. And so he made he was high up. So mm-hmm. he was a buyer. So he was making this big push like he was explaining well, like, like the this company legitimacy. Yeah. It gave the company le- real deal right. legitimacy because I mean you were in there, Keely was in there, Fulltone was in there. I mean you know, back, you know, obviously Earthquaker was around. There was other, other uh, you but know. But before then, none of us were in Guitar Center. It was basically just, right. just and, older companies, that the MXRs, et cetera, et well, cetera. And, and uh, one of my favorite companies, Caroline Guitar Company, Philippe. Yeah, Philippe. He was just coming up. He was at that NAM, and mm-hmm. he only had the one pedal. Yeah. You know, so it was like, that tells you how long ago it was and how many pedal companies have come and gone since then. Oh, man. You know, it, it's the industry has completely changed. Oh, I know. And, and, you know, so it was cool to be, I, I consider myself, I came in right at the bubble when the bubble, the good bubble was right. getting ready to burst. You know, a lot of people say that as a negative connotation. It's almost like 1999 internet era. Yeah. Right. You know, without the money. <laughs> without, yeah. Not financially. Just the fact excitement that. Wise, excitement wise. Yeah. But it really was, man. And it was just, I was thrown in and basically. I was lucky enough to where, you know, you're thrown in the ocean, but somehow the biggest wave caught me and pushed me. You know what I mean? So it was like a lot of other guys were at these other companies, like a company I loved, and I don't even know what happened to them is Mojo Hand. Mojo Hand got bought by uh, John Cusack's company. Okay. Okay. So uh, I say bought, that may be the wrong word. Maybe it's Absorbed, licensed or license. something. I, I don't. Anyways, I know John Cusack. There's an affiliation there now. Yeah, built built a lot of that stuff. And I assume they're still around. I don't honestly. There's so many companies out now, I I can't even keep track. But I mean, but like what I'm saying, and not saying that they were much smaller, but I mean, I hate, look, I love their stuff. But when it comes to the popularity, sales and all that, chances are they were a little bit lower than, than Wampler's numbers, you know? So like a lot of people were in that market and I, I just felt real lucky and, and real, I hate to say it, hashtag blessed, <laughs> but, but you know, seriously, lucky to be thrown onto that kind of like a bigger company on the upswing of the boutique pedal. I was just you know? excited that we could still continue to make a living. <laughs> You're like, I mean, and now looking back on it, you had to be thinking, I think we can afford to pay somebody else. Can I, we afford to pay? I think we can afford I remember to pay like somebody? a year before, maybe two years before that, 2000, that was 12, so probably 2000 and it'd be 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. I, I still had like all my construction, like my construction trailer and all my tools. <laughs> and I remember putting on Craigslist. And selling it and just like biting my nails and sweating. I'm like, what if this doesn't work? Yeah, what if this doesn't what work? I'm going to have do? to buy all this gear again. Yeah, I'm like, I have to <laughs> buy my hammers back and crap, you know? And, and it is funny, too, to hear how like, you know, because let's face it, we we lived, I mean, now literally we live four miles apart, five miles apart. But at the time, I was living in Indianapolis, and I remember seeing you at your very first NAMM show. And I remember talking to you. Obviously, you don't remember me because – 
it was your first NAM show, dude, in Nashville. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's so funny how like <laughs> it always intertwined, but you know, it's so cool to see the industry now. Cause like now I'm looking at your pedal shelf and you have pedals from companies at that time. I didn't, maybe Walrus Audio was out then. I don't know, but I never yeah, knew of sure them. You know, like I'm just looking at your, you know, obviously JHS was out, but you know, I'm looking at all these pedals and I'm like, man, these companies are relatively new compared to that, you know? Yeah. So. I, yeah I mean, like Matthew's effects is, I see some of that stuff right. down there and, it's a uh, Catalan Barrett over here on the left and um, Minotone. Did you ever check? Remember I Minotone? did, but that's the only time. And another pedal company I found yeah. through you that I really dig is Greer. Yeah, yeah. Greer Amps, man. Yep. Uh, it makes some cool oh, stuff. Oh, man, dude. Mm-hmm. It's so, such good Funny stuff. Funny dude, too. Yeah, I've never met him, man. I've never met him. But Well, I, don't, I know him from Facebook. Okay. We're yeah. Facebook friends. <laughs> you guys are Facebook besties. Yeah. <laughs> B-F-F-F? Best Facebook friends forever? Forever. For, forever? Okay. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, so, Kelly. Moving in from the house to a real office. <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of sucked. In a way, because it it lost some romanticism. Well, not for a little bit, but at the same time, for me, it was one of those, like, at that time, I didn't see you much in that office. You know what I mean? I hated that office. I mean, at the house. You would come in kind of at the end of the day because you were always breadboarding and doing stuff. But then you're right. Yeah, because there was nowhere to do anything like that there. You couldn't turn an amp up there. Right. And then at at the office, you're right. I mean, it it was the first... It felt legit because everybody had their own office. It was a legitimate office with a sign out front and all that crap. And if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, wasn't it a chiropractic office? So it was already partitioned for office rooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, because it, it had like the high windows where you could see out, but nobody could really see in. Right, it let <laughs> sunlight in, but you couldn't see out unless you're still on top of your desk. Right, right. But um, <laughs> but no, it was it it gave it leg- a sense of legitimacy, but at the same time where we got a lot of everything done was out here in the barn. You yeah, know what just, I mean? That that was one of those periods of time. And then of course we moved to a church, a big empty church. I hated that. the church. It was horrible. I hated the church. And it was, it was about that time period where I started thinking, I hate having an office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would just much rather just put me in like the barn and surround me by guitar gear and right. we'll make it work somehow. But right. like going to an office every day, mm-hmm sucks the soul out of a personality right me. and let and i'm the same way and, and my my current gig now i work at an office three days a week and from home two days a week but that's because of my i have two toddlers you know what i mean and, right and you know we we're lucky enough to where we can make it work without childcare. but even when i'm at the office like today for lunch you know we went out to eat and Went to a hardware store, went to go get something for a trailer, went to go get something for an RV. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> we, we can't be in the office. We're at the office like four times or four hours at a time. Then we're like, we're going to explode. Let's right. get out of here. Get out of there. Go yeah. on a guitar safari or something, you know? But I'm like you. I, I can't just be, you know, and I don't like to think of my, maybe I kind of am an entrepreneur because let's face it, if I don't work, I don't make money. I don't get a paycheck. Right. But, you know? Most of the time now, if we have our cell phones on us, we don't have to be at a desk. You know what I mean? Unless there's just things we need to recall or something. So we're fortunate there. 
Yeah. Unless you work for like a pharmaceutical company or something. Right. Right. In a doctor's office. <laughs> right. That's but then gonna, they're getting that's salaries. Gonna, that's kind of hard to call in from home. <laughs> yeah. Just put me on Skype. We'll yeah, put fine. me on Skype. Say ah. <laughs> I'm leaving that there. I'm, notice I just said, never mind. <laughs> I, just, I just got the joke. Yeah, see? Uh huh. All right, yeah. so moving on, moving on here. Strangers of the night. <laughs> All right, so the first real topic of this podcast. No, we talked 20, about music. We talked about the history of Wampler. No, we did. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm teasing. So I guess I guess we can close with with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> on Facebook this week, mm-hmm. Britt Mason, you know Brent Mason of Hot Wired fame. You know Brent Mason of Brent Mason fame. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, posted a picture of him using an SG. Okay. Now, so those who are familiar with him, he's got a, a gray telly with three pickups and... I've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's seen it once or twice. Yeah, I'm once sure. or twice, right. Um, and people couldn't believe that he would use a different guitar besides... Oh, I know. And he's like... And I mean, this big long thread of people like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's just so weird. And I understand like from outside looking in and not really being familiar with how that works. You're thinking, I would have thought that he, it's just his, his great Telecaster and he plays on everything. Right. But. Well, that's why it has all those settings. So he never has to play anything. Right. No. And he's like, no, I have like dozens and dozens and dozens of guitars because they're, they're just tools for me. Right. And when I need, if I need a certain type of guitar for a certain song, for a mm-hmm. certain sound mm-hmm. and feel, then I got to have that. Right. So he's playing an SG and, and it's just, people are freaking out it about it. broke the internet. Yeah. And, and, and uh, he's getting irritated. Okay. He's like, guys, guys, <laughs> I play all kinds of guitars, not just a telecaster. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, that's got to be frustrating. Like, cause in the past we were kind of, you're kind of shielded from that. Mm-hmm. But now that now that everybody has like voice, a, I sound like such a dad now. Now that we have Facebook, <laughs> now that we have these Facebook things, we're on the line. Um, but you see, in real time, you see people saying stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's man. got an opinion. They don't always have a filter. Mm-mm. You know. Yeah, some of them weren't raised raised the way we were. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna have to. Was it on his personal Facebook page? Yeah, I I'm gonna so, have. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go look at that. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm. A, I'm a friend of his on, on Facebook, so I'm kind of a big deal. But, <laughs> but, but no, I wish I was more prepared. But we um for I don't remember what song it was, but we took the Disney beating. We drove to Disney 18 hours in a car. So on the way back, I put on Brooks and Dunn radio mm-hmm. because. This, there's a Brooks and Dunn Siri or not Siri, uh, Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Yeah, you can just put Brooks and Dunn radio. Okay, so it's like the yeah, Pandora. Yeah, 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 like Pandora. It's not yeah. like a XM or nothing, but and you know who played guitar and all that stuff. You right. Know? So and I was listening. I you must have been a hardworking man. Uh, <laughs> he wore a steel hard hat. <laughs> but I, I heard. A, I mean, look, I'm a Strat guy. I love Strats. I I know what a Strat sounds like, especially. I hate to say it, but when Britt Mason plays a Strat, he only plays a Strat because he wants a Strat that sounds like a Strat. He right. wants that Strat tone. Right. So it's very, very, very upfront, very Stratty tone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's a, and I, that's a Strat. And I started thinking, I know that Strat. It's a 1965. It was in the flood. <laughs> you know, and I started to think like all the cool stuff about his guitar. So right. to me, 
I think there's more of a romanticism in the fact that he does play more than one guitar. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. You no, know? I I always loved it. But and there's an I I need to do another video with him, but there's an old, old video on YouTube, like the first time I ever filmed like mm-hmm. any of his gear. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's probably the first time that he'd ever done that. It's like 2008. Right. YouTube was just going or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, the camera back then, cameras were horrible. Right. So it's all grainy. And I had to shut down comments. We're like, this video quality sucks. I love that video, though, because you know, he calls reverb reverb. Reverb, yeah. And it was, I know that it was when the Strymon El Capistan just came out, whatever that was, because mm-hmm. he called it El Capistino or Capistano. And I, I was like, that. that's awesome. But, 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 oh, that's what I was getting at. So, so he's got all his gear out and, um, and I'm playing th- like, he's like, I'm going to use the restroom real quick. I'm like, can I play on your, <laughs> can I play anything? He's like, yeah, help yourself. I'm like, Oh, oh this gosh. is the moment I like literally in my mind, like this is the moment I've been waiting for for the past 15 years. <laughs> right. You know, thinking it's just going to be awesome. And I get it on like, I don't sound anything, anything like what he just did. Right. Right. At all. Right. You know? And it was like, that moment was like this huge eye opening thing. And I'm like, huh. You had an Epiphone. I had an Epiphone. That's exactly what I had. A realization, an right. Epiphone. <laughs> Sorry. I had wrong. a cacophony. Or yeah, a conc- concoction. <laughs> a concoction. <laughs> so, yeah, completely eye opening thing for me. My, so. Yeah, that. I mean, we've talked about that 10,000 times, you know, like, you know, although I will say, I saw a video of Eric Johnson playing. Uh, Zach Wilde's gear when they were on really? that Experience Hendrix thing, yeah, sounded nothing like Eric Johnson. <laughs> really, and so it's so tinny and trebly, and well, a million Zach pounds of gain. Yeah, Zach's <laughs> stuff is really like when you isolate it, it's really trebly. Right, right, it's hard to get that treble. Like whenever I was trying to do it for the isolated tracks video, right, it was hard to get that. Like right. I had, I put the, I used a superplex. Remember the old mm-hmm, superplex? I do, and I like crank the treble up, <laughs> unlike. Uh, it was on the bravado, but with the bright switch cranked up. Wow. And I'm like, because it's just this high-end presence mm-hmm. that's just so hard to replicate. And I'm sure there's other, I mean, they're using like that's how it gets preamps and other crap. You know what I mean? The pinch harmonics. Actually. And all that stuff. I don't know how to do it. Chug, chug, chug. Yeah, pinch harmonics. That's what they're called. All right, so that's a great place to end there. I hope everyone enjoyed this Chasing Tone podcast with Travis Feaster. Thanks for having me, man. (laughs) For everyone, if you have any comments or questions, make sure you email podcast at wildpetpedals.com. Make sure you give us an iTunes review if you have not done that yet. And uh, we'll see you next week with a new video. Later. Later.